welcome to uh, our Sunday sermon, take two. Uh, it is a, a thing that happens sometimes when, when uh, the machines we trust don't work. And so we're going to go to God again and hear the word and see what God has, has to see, say to us today. This is Genesis chapter 2. On the day the Lord God made earth and sky, before any wild plants appeared on the earth and before any field crops grew, because the Lord God hadn't yet set rain on the earth and there was still no human being to farm the fertile land, though a stream rose from the earth and watered all of the fertile land, the Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breaths into his nostrils. The human came to life. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human he had formed. In the fertile land, the Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit. And also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the human and settled him in the garden of Eden to farm it and to take care of it. My family likes to play a game on car trips or sometimes just sitting on our front porch. And it's, it's a game we started to teach the kids about how to use their imagination, how to uh, take little bits of information and spark something with it, grow some flowers or fruit from it. And what we do is we see a car and we look at the car and we look at the people in the car and make up a story about them. And the, the longer the story, the more details in the story that there are, the more excited we get about it. You know, what could this person possibly be? And often the stories don't have any, they don't make sense in the realm of the real world. They're not realistic stories. They're um, adventures often or fantasy stories or whatever. It depends on who's making up the story. But there's a couple tricks, you know, a couple things you look at to decide how you're going to start your story off. And we often start off with things like the color of the car, because the color of the car will tell you something about the person who's driving it, right? Or we look at the person in the car and we make judgments on that person, you know, from that person. Oh, they're wearing um, winter clothes. They must be going somewhere cold or they're wearing, uh, you know, a bikini. So they're going to the pool or whatever. We use those clues or sometimes we look at what's in the car and decide, well, maybe that person is moving back into college or moving out of their parents' house for the first time or whatever. You know, you look at all these little bits of information and you gather them and you try to to build a story from them. And this is sort of, um, I guess I would say, a benign version of a game we play in our society all the time. It's our story game, because it's we know it's false, we know it's just made up in our head, is, is probably harmless. It's not a big deal. But we in society often do the same thing with people. We turn it into a much more pernicious, difficult, challenging game. We take clues from people and we we take those clues and those signals and those signifiers and the things that we assign value to and we make up stories about them. We make up things about them that we don't know to be true. We don't have any evidence that they're true. We just make up the story. 
it's sort of like how um, we sometimes like we would see um, like I grew up in a town full of Irish, Scotch-Irish immigrants, right? And Italian immigrants. That's sort of who my home made up my hometown. And each group had had stories about the other group. So the one group would say that the Irish people were all, they were drunks and they ate potatoes and they liked cabbage and beer, right? And they liked to get in fights. Uh, and so all the Irish people would go to the Irish bar, which was called PJ, o, PJ O'Kelly's, I think. Uh, I was never allowed to go. <laughs> and listen to Celtic music, right? And dance. And then the Irish people would have their opinions about the Italian people who all ate at Muriel's and had spaghetti and meatballs and were Catholics and, you know, drank wine and did certain things, right, that Italians did. And we made up these stories about each other. And, you know, there was probably some truth to them at some point, but they had become a myth in and of themselves. And they were detached from the people, the reality of the people who actually fulfilled those those places and sometimes we do it based on appearances and we make assumptions about people so we decide oh, well that person has tattoos so they must be this type of person or that person has you know t piercings that I can see on their face or they dye their hair or that person's wearing a particular kind of clothing and so we make assumptions about who that person is based on what we see based on their external appearances and the truth is we don't really know. The truth is often we don't really even have a clue about who this person is. We don't know their story. We don't interact with them. We don't share a life with them. We don't know what, if any of the assumptions that we make in our head are true. But we use those assumptions. We use those boundaries, those markers to make space between us and them to create a division between us and them, to build a wall between us and them, to separate us into groups, to separate us into manageable chunks so that we can, we can interpret the world. And it's, a, it's, it's pernicious, it's difficult, it, it's a stain on us because we let those things determine how we respond to them and how we interact with them. This story in Genesis, it reminds us that God created all human beings from the same lump of dirt. Genesis, we, we often hear the story of creation. We often hear the first chapter of Genesis where God creates the light and the dark, the sun and the moon, you know, separates the lands from the sky. We, we hear that story because it's a lovely story, it's a poem, it's a beautiful narration about the creation of the earth. And it, that poem in chapter one was likely never intended to be taken seriously or literally. It's not a scientific textbook or a history book. It's a description of God's creative act. Chapter two is a much more down to earth, much more uh, understandable story. It's told in a format that we can understand. It sounds more realistic. It sounds more like a real life story. But the truth is that none of us were there at creation. And so wherever you fall on the 
science of creation and, and, and how it happened, wherever you are on that line, whether you believe God created, literally created out of the dirt with God's hands, or whether you think the whole thing's a metaphor about God's creative act, there's one theological truth that stands firm in between both stories, and it's this, that God created, that God created the world and God continues to create the world, and that God created the world out of this lump of dirt. God created all of these things out of a lump of dirt, and so we are all sharing much more in common than we have apart. The word here, this Hebrew word that we translate as man, is, is Adam. And Adam means person or human being. And so in this translation I read, you hear that. It's God created the human being out of the dirt. God was already tending this garden. He, God had sent a river to, to tend the garden, to feed the plants, to nourish the garden of Eden. And God said, I need a caretaker. I need someone to come or something to come and to take care of this garden because I've created it and it's beautiful and I want to share it with someone. And so God creates Adam, the, the earth, the man, the human out of the earth. And God gives the human one job to tend. He says to, to Adam, God says to Adam, tend the earth. I've given you water, I've given you the plants, I've given you everything that you need. I've created you out of this lump of dirt, you and your helper. And you have one job, to protect, to serve, and to care. And it was the same job, Adam and, Adam and Eve were given the same job, the same responsibility, the same role in the creation. They were created out of this lump of dirt to protect, to tend, to care, to serve, to serve one another, to serve God, to serve this creation. They both came out of that same lump of dirt. God created us from dirt. God created us from the dust millions of years ago, thousands of years ago, 10 years ago. God created us out of the dirt, and that's where we're going to return. We're going to return to the dirt, all of us. None of us escape that reality. None of us escape that truth. We all eventually return to the dirt from which we were made. And the only choice that we get in the meantime is how to live that life, is how to spend the time between the dirt how we choose to live that life, how we choose to reflect the glory of God. And we can live a life of division. We can live a life of assumptions. We can live a life where we create our little pockets of safety, where we make assumptions about other people. We can choose to live that way. But God has other plans. God created us all out of the dirt and God returns us all to the dirt we're all from the same substance. We're all from the same created order. We're all created by the same hand. And so we 
are all created with the same purpose. All human beings from beginning to end are created with the same purpose, and that's to tend. To tend and to care and to protect and to serve. And we have a choice about whether we're going to live into that purpose whether we're going to live into the people that God created us to be, whether we're going to live into the creation God tended us to be when God created us from the dirt. That's the choice we have, is how to live this life. We can choose to see God in each other. We can choose to see the commonality of dirt in each other. And that means humility from us and from towards others. And that means knowing that we don't know anybody's life story all the way through. And it means knowing that these, these divisions and these assumptions that we make are false. Because in the end, we all come from the dirt. We all come from dust. And we're all going to return to dust. And so we have so much more in common than that which divides us. We will be dust. And we are dust. And we can be thankful.